Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. You've heard it before. For that matter, you've heard this sermon, this message twice before since I've been here, but you won't recognize it today. Today, I want to remind you of how the early church did church and how we've lost it. Today, I want to remind you of of the dynamics of what it means to be church. Um, and when I used Acts chapter 2, verse, beginning verse 40, one of my favorite scriptures, because it talks about the dynamics of, of what it means to be church, and we don't do that anymore. We don't do church the way God intends us to do church. See, we're, we settle for fellowship. We settle for that feeling, that good feeling we have of getting together. And this church likes fellowship. You like fellowship. But you're settling for fellowship and not koinonia. Koinonia, my friends, is a deeper commitment to Christ. Fellowship, a baseball team can have fellowship. A group meeting for lunch at, from work can have fellowship around the table. But koinonia, as described in the New Testament, is when the people of God come together and they share God together. You share Christ together. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. You've got the Spirit of the living God. That sweet, sweet Spirit we sing about dwells within you. And when we come together, we should be sharing the things of God with one another. But we don't do that because our faith has become too private and personal and we don't want to share with each other. And our churches are dying because of it. We're drying up. We're, we're so caught up in our traditions. And, and traditions aren't bad until they've lost their power. And we do things because, well, that's the way we've always done them. And they aren't empowered by the Holy Spirit. So today I'd like to share with you anew, again, Acts chapter 2. 42 through 47, and I want to take these verses and show you what koinonia is like as we look at ourselves and our relationship with God, and are we really being church, or are we just playing church games? Are we really the people of God gathered together in this place, taking seriously a devotion to God, or do we just like being together? Liking to be together is fellowship. Sharing the things of God is koinonia. And that's what God's called us to. You see, when, when God saved us, he removed the barriers between us and himself. There are no hindrances between us and God. You can go straight into the very presence of the living God. But when God called us to himself, there's also no barriers between you and I. We have nothing that separates us either. And we should be able to share openly and freely with one another just as we're able to go before God. The people of God have that spiritual connection with one another. Nobody else has that. 
No other organization or club or group has, a, has that spiritual bond that God has given to us as his children. And he wants us to share the depths of our being with each other. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 gives a brief picture of the fellowship of believers. It's just a, it's a brief photograph of what the fellowship of believers should be like. What we have here is an example of what koinonia in action is. But the church rapidly lost that spiritual power. Rapidly lost it. The rest of the New Testament deals with issues and problems and divisions and splits and all kinds of sin that had entered into the church as, as the world came in and we started doing the things the way the world did it rather than the way God says do it. We began to copy those outside. We began to copy constitutions. We began to copy the way they met and used the things of this world as a, as a means of expressing our faith. And the, and the church did fairly well as long as they were persecuted. As long as it meant something to proclaim your faith. As long as sharing your faith could lead to death or ridicule, the church did well. The, the Romans felt like the early church was a burial group because they're the only ones who would bury homeless people. They were the only ones who fed the widows. They were the only ones that met the needs of people that nobody else wanted to meet. That's what the early church did when it was persecuted. What are we doing now? Until Constantine made Christianity a national religion, we did pretty good. We were hiding in caves underneath the catacombs, and the people grew in their faith because it meant something to them. But as soon as the government made it legal, as soon as the government said, everybody has to be a Christian, then greed and power entered the church. And we haven't been the same since. How can we recapture that spirit of koinonia? That spirit of sharing Christ with each other? How can we recapture that, um, that sense of allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us and touch one another? How can we participate in worship rather than just sitting and listening and not feeling like we have to respond at all. You can't worship unless it changes your life. You cannot enter into the presence of the living God and not be altered. You can't allow the scriptures, the word of God, you cannot allow that to, to enter your ears and go through your heart unless it changes the way you live. If we're going to be the people of God, let's be the people of God. And not some social club that meets together and enjoys the fellowship with each other. 
because we like a fellowship more than we like the things of God. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they were devoted to each other. L let me read it, the, that one verse. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Well, we meet together and we eat together and we, we break bread together and we, we study the scriptures together and we fellowship together. We're doing exactly what they did. No, we aren't. No, we aren't. The key word there is devoted. There was a commitment to what God was doing in their midst. And when they met together, they met before God. And they allowed God to flow through them into error that they did when they met. They didn't meet just to be heard. They met to worship. They devoted themselves to teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. What will prevent you from participating in a worship service? Too hot? Too cold? Oh, it's a pretty day. Let's go to the beach. Let's go fishing. Let's go somewhere else. What priority do we give to God's people? Are we devoted to the things of God? That's going to and what happens when they did that? What, what was the result of that fellowship and meeting together and sharing together from the depths of their being and sharing Christ with each other? Verse 43, they were filled with awe. Wow, look what God is doing. And we have so many things that we need to rejoice over and celebrate that God is doing in our midst. What a wonderful, awesome God we have. Has God done anything in your life today? Have you shared it with somebody? Have you told somebody what God has done in your life today? That's what they did. And that caused them to have a sense of awe because they shared the things of God one with the other. And God was moving in their midst just like he's moving in our lives. Just like he's moving in this congregation. Just like he's moving in our world. And we don't share that together. And because of that, we don't experience that sense of awe with an awesome God who loves us and is moving among us. We keep it to ourselves. So they met together, devoted themselves to the sharing of, of Christ with each other. And out of that came that sense of awe, that sense of wonder and amazement of the things that God was doing. Verse 44, and this to me is a key to our Christian witness. All the believers were together and had everything in common. 
They were united. There was a sense of unity. There was a sense of oneness among them. They were together. They didn't come together and start complaining about each other. They, they met together, try to build each other up and to encourage one another and find a better way to serve God together, acknowledging the differences that each one had and celebrating those differences. There was a unity of heart and mind and spirit. And they shared that together. That's koinonia. It comes out of that devotion. It comes out of your commitment to Christ. And if you are committed to Christ, then we're committed to each other. That's what binds us together as the people of God. It's what God has done for us. And as God has blessed us, we are to share that with each other. And when we do that, our lives are changed. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They didn't have to do it. They did it because they wanted to. And this is the spirit of missions that comes out of koinonia. When you think more about others than you do yourself. When you're willing to meet the needs of other people even before you meet your own needs. That's koinonia. And that's what happens when the people of God are devoted to God and allowing God to flow through them. Missions is a natural response of God's people. There is no need among the people of God. None. Because they loved one another with the love of Christ. What else? Verse 46. Verse 46 tells us, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They met every day. Lord, help us if we have a Wednesday evening prayer meeting. We're too busy. We ain't got time to pray together. We'll give God Sunday morning. But every day? I'm supposed to worship God every day? Yes. Yes. That's what it means to be devoted to God. That's what it means to put God first in your life. Every day is a worship day as you celebrate the goodness of God in your life. And then we gather together and we celebrate that and we share it together. That's koinonia. And that's what happens when we have that depth of devotion and commitment to one another. Because of our commitment and devotion to God, because of God's devotion and commitment to us, we have a commitment and devotion to one another. That's koinonia. And that's what God has called us to. They met together with glad and sincere hearts. And a lot of it, you know, we meet together. Whether we like it or not. Or whether we like each other or not. 
because, well, the church is meeting, I better be there. Doors are open, I'd better show up. But when they met together, their hearts were right. They met with glad and sincere hearts. And when you worship together with glad and sincere hearts, it changes the way you worship. It changes the way you interact with each other. It changes the whole atmosphere of the fellowship. That's koinonia. It's the attitude of the heart. Glad and sincere hearts was characteristic of the early church. Where is it? Are you glad you're here? Amen? Yeah, I hear it. Yeah, yeah, amen, amen. Are you glad you're here? And as, we, as they met together with glad and sincere hearts, something happened. Something very miraculous happened as a result of the koinonia they shared with each other. They praised God when they met together. And this found favor in the eyes of the community. It wasn't a social club. It wasn't just gathering together and having a good time with each other. It was more than that. And the community around that early church saw the way they loved one another. Saw the depth of devotion and commitment they had to each other and to God. Saw the results of that devotion and the way they shared with other people. Saw the, 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 the love that they had for one another. And because of that, God added to their number daily those who were being saved. Do you want to reach this community for Christ? Do we really want to be a light on top of this hill? Do we really want to make a difference in the world in which we live? You know where it begins? Right here. Right here. Am I devoted to God? Have I committed my life to Him? Am I devoted to His people? Is there anything between me and a brother or sister? Anything that prevents me from having fellowship one with another? Am I sincere and glad when I come together for worship? Even if the preacher, you know, does things strange and different with praise and prayers. Or are we just going to sit back and complain about praise and prayer? Rather than experience it in a new way, a different way that might be meaningful for you or maybe meaningful for somebody else out there and may not be meaningful for you, but you're more concerned for the other person than you are yourself. Which is it? Do I have to have it my way? Or is it possible that God can speak in a different way and be glorified and honored? That's koinonia, friends. Putting yourself aside and praising God for what God has done. Because of their God, their koinonia, God added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
It doesn't say they had a revival or had our evangelistic campaign or went door to door or, or camped out at people's doorsteps or handing out tracts. Or, it doesn't say any of that was taking place. What it does say is that what they did when they met together got the attention of the community and the community said, I want to be a part of a group like that. I want what they've got. I want what you've got. I want to have that kind of love. I want to have that kind of meaning. I want to have that kind of purpose. I want to have that kind of devotion to God that you're demonstrating in your life. That's koinonia. And we've lost it. We no longer have koinonia. We have fellowship. We enjoy being together. We enjoy listening to the music and sitting in our pews. But when was the last time your life was changed because of it. Because of that devotion that you have before God. When was the last time you shared it with somebody else? Not by words, but by the way you lived. There's a difference between fellowship and koinonia. And we have settled for fellowship. When God calls us to a deeper spiritual commitment that requires devotion and sharing the things of God. Do you know the difference now between koinonia and fellowship? It's like the difference between like and devote, devotion. You know, you can like something, but you're not devoted to it. You can have fellowship, but that doesn't mean you have koinonia. And you can only have koinonia if the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. Is that what you want? Do you really want koinonia? When we focus on power and control of other people, we lose the power of love. Because that's what we try to do with their faith those people have to be like us they've got to believe the way I believe in order for them to be a part of us that's not what the early church did you love them into the kingdom of God regardless of what they believe regardless of how they dress regardless of what they're doing you love them that's what Jesus And if we're going to be the people of God, by gosh, let's be the people of God and do it the way Jesus did it. Because that's who fills us. We complain about the world in which we live, but we're not willing to change the world where we live. We like to complain. Nothing's right anymore. Everything's different. World's going to hell in a handbasket. I've said it too. But you know what? I read the book. And the book says that in the latter days, it's going to get a whole lot worse than it is right now. And you see what I see happening? What I see maybe is happening? We're going to go back to a persecuted church. The early church was persecuted. And maybe that's what God is trying to do. He's trying to see who the real believers are. 
those who have to make a sacrifice because of their faith. That believing is not the traditional thing to do. It's not the end thing to do. Believing is going to cause you some sense of ridicule. Loss of a job. Because you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe that's where we're headed. And maybe that's a good thing. Because true faith shows itself then. When we are persecuted. More so than when we try to control people. And tell people how they are supposed to live. When we're not living the way God wants us to live. Now I don't know about you but that's me anyway. Y'all may be living the exact perfect life. I have I don't know where you are spiritually. But I know where this child is. I got a long ways to go. But if you'll pray for me and work with me a little bit, I I can I can get there with you. Because we need each other. That's Konania. All right, one last thing. God has a plan for us that is bigger than anything we can imagine. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived the things god has prepared prepared for those who love him that's what god has in store for his people you can't imagine what god has in plan for you i can't either but i know it's good because if he's willing to die for me he's willing to do anything for me he wants what's best for me he wants what's best for his people and God's on the move. Dr. Martin Luther King had this to say about the church. He said there was a time when the church was very powerful and the time when the early Christians rejoiced at being deemed worthy to suffer for what they believed. In those days the church was not merely a thermometer that recorded the ideas and principles of people of popular opinion. It was a thermostat that transformed the mores of society. And when the people of God act like the people of God, that's what we become, a thermostat. We began changing people's lives from the ground up. We got to stop focusing on the powerful sources and start focusing on individuals. That's the way you change the world, one person at a time. as you love them into the kingdom of God that's the way Jesus did it that's Koinonia as the people of God who represent Christ in the world today because you see if you walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin if we're living the gospel even as Christ is the gospel is the light then we're going to have fellowship with each other we're going to we're going to have a sharing with one another because we believe in Christ and we share that together 
Are you walking in the light? Are you living the truth of God? Or is your faith something you do on Sunday mornings? Are you sharing Christ with one another? Are you sharing Christ with those who don't know Christ? That's evangelism. The blood of Christ cleanses us from everything that separates us from God. And the blood of Christ cleanses us from everything that separates us from one another. God desires for you to have that kind of relationship with himself and with his people. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for what you have done. And your Lord, you have demonstrated what it means to, to love. You have demonstrated what it means to sacrifice. You've demonstrated what it means to care for others more than yourself. And now, Lord, it's our turn. It's our time. It is our time to be your body in the world. It's our time, Father, to allow our lives to be broken for a lost and lonely world. It's our time, Father, for our blood to be shed for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pour us out, Father, as an offering before you and use us to your glory and honor. And God, if there's anything that separates us from yourself, help us to get that straight today. And Lord, if there's anything that separates us from one another, anything, Help us to go through that brother and sister and, and, and square that away that we might be united in spirit through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.